Business, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Krakatoa option and vice man run the bend together. They lead by a couple of lengths over Lady Melbourne. Now wait a minute, given its cue there in the centre. Line up and Brotherly Secret are right down the outside. Lady Melbourne gets the gap through there in the centre as well and it's sprinted to the lead. 170 to travel. Lady Melbourne led. Wait a minute and line up and down the outside. But this is off with a prize, Lady Melbourne. It'll win the last and it's a big margin. Lady Melbourne beating home line up. And wait a minute, then came Brotherly Secret Krakatoa. That was Lady Melbourne taking out the uh, Hutchinson Builders Open Handicap at Warwick on Saturday. Part of a winning treble for jockey Montana Philbottom. Well done to uh, trainer Billy Healy with that win at Warwick on Saturdays. We welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news. News on that Warwick program shortly. We'll also tell you what happened in Monto on the weekend where the Burn at the Beach series continued. It was the Roma picnics on Saturday and we've got lots of other news to tell, tell you about as we roll through Bushbeat this morning. And as always, helping us out with that news is Rob Luck. Good morning. Rob? Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, uh, listeners. And uh, great to hear Anthony Collins' voice out there at the non-TAB country meeting at Warwick. We're so used to hearing Anthony, of course, at the uh, provincial and TAB meetings. But uh, we're lucky this morning we're able to get Anthony on, on board, Bushbeat, this morning and uh, uh, go over the review of the Warwick meeting where that was a fantastic win for the Billy Healy-trained uh, runner, Lady uh, Melba, as you said, Tony, one of three winners for Montana Philpot. Great stories coming out of Warwick. That's one of many. Good, good morning to Anthony. Uh, how are you this morning, Anthony? G'day, Rob. Good morning to you. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, everyone. I'm very well. Uh, yeah, that was a, uh, a very good win by Lady Melba, as you suggested. The only runner that Billy Healy had on the six-race program there at Warwick on Saturday, and the girls basically stole the show. Not only did Monty Philpot ride a winning treble, Emma McPherson rode a winning double and they came out to Quinella that last race as well. And just in regard to Billy Healy, you said it's the only runner there. It's a growing trend, I'm seeing, uh, with these uh, non-tab meetings in the country because of prize money, six-event programs. Uh, you tend to see more of the uh, provincial-level trainers and uh, city-level trainers aiming this way? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, particularly at um, yeah, even the tab meetings uh, of Warwick and uh, the you know, non-tabs getting out towards Chinchilla and Dolby and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, the highways these days with a big bypass going around the back of Tom, it's pretty easy for those um, coast-based trainers to get out towards these regional areas. And as I suggested, there's plenty of opportunities there with uh, with the big fields on some of these tracks and uh, you know getting out towards six races and such. And it was very good prize money there uh, for that level of meeting there on uh, Saturday as well, the eight and a half thousand dollars. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think that we might uh, start to see sort of um, a little bit more of that um, as these prize money levels sort of uh, get up and they're quite attractive. And, uh, yeah, we've got some really good riders out in this part of the world at the moment as well, uh, some really good apprentices. And um, racing in this region is very, very strong. And um, there's a lot of money that's been spent on these tracks uh, in recent sort of weeks and uh, into the future as well. And we might come back to that uh, a little later on, Rob. But, uh, yeah, I think the trend will continue. Uh, Billy Healy, um, yeah, when he brings horses out to this part of the world, geez, I tell you what, I'd love to see the strike rate. It's like the old saying, keep your horse in the uh, the worst company, yourself in the best company. Uh, you've got to try and place your horse as best you can. They can't win money sitting at home in their boxes. So if you can put them on the road, as you say, Anthony, with a, a relatively easy road trip and go to a track that's a, a very good track to race on. And I think it's one of the underrated tracks that uh, we have in southeast Queensland, the, uh, the surface there at Warwick. Get your horse out onto a nice uh, patch of grass and hopefully bring home some very nice prize money. 
Yeah, absolutely, and, and particularly um, with with those horses that they know are up to that that grade, and probably you know um, for want of a, a better sort of term, need a little bit of a um, little bit of a kill. Um, I know that's a term we use in the in the racing industry, where um, you know, a horse may not be having that much luck at the the tab meetings and um, is going well, but they just need that little bit of an easier sort of race to get into. And uh, as you said, Tony, you can bring them out to Warwick and that lovely big track. It's 1,750 metres around. Uh, the last circle in the home straight is uh, designed off Doombin. It's got the same camber on it. It's not as wide as Doombin, obviously, uh, but the same circumference, same radius, uh, and, uh, and and the same degree of uh, a camber around it. And it's uh, it's just looking great out here at the moment. Uh, all of that rain, the, the grass is beautiful on the track, and... All this infrastructure money that Racing Queensland are giving to these non-tab and tab clubs is not going unnoticed in the local communities. Um, you know, you just walk down the street. I've had a few phone calls over the last couple of weeks. There's inside and outside new running rails there at Warwick. That's about stage one of probably the next 20 stages about what's happening out here. Uh, and every, everybody sees it and everybody notices it. They go, geez, big things are happening over there at the, the, the turf club. It's good. It's good to see. It's, it's getting a facelift and um, it's it's just great. It, it it looks looks fantastic, and even something as simple as a new running rail just uh, gives it that massive sort of facelift, as we said. Uh, but stay tuned for more because there's plenty more happening infrastructure-wise at Ormond Park, and uh, I might be the beneficiary of one of those little infrastructure projects. I believe I'm getting a new tower. So I'll wait for that. And maybe air conditioned as well. One hopes for you. <laughs> but, uh... I, I believe it is. I put in the order for one. Excellent. I. <laughs> Hindsight's easy in racing, but when you note Lady Melba, $10, two from three at the track, she's got a 33% strike rate to uh, wrap up Montana Philpott's uh, three for the day. As I said, hindsight's easy, uh, Anthony, but I was really surprised to see those odds carrying only 53 kilos in the race. Oh, absolutely. She probably was entitled to start two or three dollars, but that ten dollar quote looks very, very succulent, doesn't it? And I think probably the reason why she was that. Um that sort of odds is because she was coming up against Wait a Minute, which um, just absolutely flies around Ormond Park. It dead-heated in the Warwick Newmarket last year and uh, has a similar record. I think it might have five starts for three or four victories there prior to uh, Saturday. But uh, yeah, just looking at that, um, yeah, that's a little bit of a misdemeanour of mine. The girls finished in the top three in that race there with Wait a Minute clocking in third. Of course, Lady Melbourne won it for Monty. Uh, the last of the three winners line up round second for Emma McPherson, who won the uh, the opening two races of the day, and then Maddie Wishart there uh, placed third, just uh, beaten uh, five lengths uh, behind them with uh, wait a minute there for Matt Crop. Well, take us through the rest of Montana's uh, treble and Emma's uh, double out of that meeting. All right, well, we'll kick off nice and early with the opening two races of the day. His Grace won for Toowoomba trainer Brian Azel in the opening event. Uh, look, uh, His Grace had been running some really good races, uh, but he was yet to win his maiden, and I think that was career start 26. Indeed, it was. And he'd, he'd placed on nine occasions before that, including Esca, the, the start before, and uh, McPherson stuck solid, and, uh, yeah, he won, like, a pretty good thing. I, I think that it's sort of funny, isn't it, that some of those horses, once they do pick up their maiden, they can go on to uh, to win two or three races. He came away to win it by nearly three lengths on the peg. He just chimed in at the top of the straight over the 800 and, uh, and won really, really nicely. So that was the opening race. Race two was won by the Gundawindi trained Luva Lil uh, for Gary Swate. Now, Gary uh, bred this galloper uh, by Mahasara, and uh, he hasn't had a lot of starters, Gary. I think his last winner was back in 2016, uh, and he hadn't had a starter since 2017. So 
Um, he, uh, yeah, yeah, so he's, uh, yeah, that was it. The, the 17th of July, 2017. Uh, pretty amazing, isn't it? So uh, he's got this galloper going well. Uh, Louva Lil, Emma McPherson. Uh, that was uh, second of the double, and it won by a nice margin as well. It won like pretty good things. So, yeah, Gundawindi Base trainer Gary Thwaite there scoring in race two. Then we get across to race three, and uh, that was the first of the winning treble there for Monty Philpot. She won with a locally trained certain. Now, uh, this galloper's prepared by Gino Barbarato here at Warwick. Uh, Gino's team goes pretty good. He's got uh, probably four or five uh, gallopers in work, and it's a real family affair there, the Barbaratos. They're local business owners, and uh, they do a lot of good things for the uh, the Warwick Turf Club, and uh, he prepares the horses here on the track at Allman Park, and uh, certain came uh, flying home down the outside to put the bob in right on the peg. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's a stable favourite. A um, little bit unruly, this galloper, I'm led to believe, and I, I do believe that Gino and Certain had a little bit of an altercation on the float. I think he's got a magnificent big bite mark on his back or something when, when he loaded the galloper on. But uh, nevertheless, I think he redeemed himself there. Uh, the fourth race was won by the Carolyn Allardyce train, Reach for the Stars, uh, which, is, um, which is a $3 favourite with Monty Philpott in the saddle. And uh, Reach for the Stars have been going really nicely around the tab meetings there as well. And uh, probably just one of those horses that just needed a, a little bit of a, a drop back in class. And it won. Uh, and Carolyn's got a very good strike rate at Warwick too when she brings her horses out. And this horse here I want to have a little bit of a talk to you about, uh, Robin Tony, because Military Kings is uh, the victor mm-hmm. of the fifth race. Paulie Hamblin was the only uh, male rider on the program to ride a winner. And uh, this horse, I don't think he went round a runner. He just he was last of all over on the inside. He can normally get out in front and roll along this galloper, uh, prepared locally by Les Clark. Now, um, he's been a really, really good horse for the family of late. Um, uh, sadly, uh, Les' son, Steve, passed away after a long, long battle with illness uh, recently. They had a memorial race for Steve at Ormond Park. Um, I could give you the date if I went back through the, the form here, but it was uh, it was about four starts ago for the horse. Early February, that's when it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, this horse won it. Now, Steve part owned the horse, um, and it was it was massive. There, it was, there was there was not a dry eye in the place. Um, and you're talking about track specialists. Um, he's he's had uh, a really good uh, form line at Ormond Park. This horse, mm. so. Um, yeah, he, he won. He won by nearly three lengths. And, uh, geez, I tell you what, boys, uh, Les Clark's just got a magnificent record with his team. And speaking of family affairs, his two granddaughters, uh, Cherie and Rachel, they all get involved. They're both strappers. And uh, it's a really big family affair. And um, sometimes these horses just know when to win. And uh, he won in front of a, uh, a great crowd there on Saturday, Military Kings. Yeah, it sums it up beautifully uh, with Military Kings uh, there, Anthony. The emotions run high when you get that. And how many times in racing do you uh, see when the, the wind needs to be there, it actually happens? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I um, I might have been... Uh, yeah, I, I might have been in that category there. With, uh, you, you, you sort of... Uh, you just take stock. I, I got the last horse's name out uh, in Steve's race and... And then you just sort of... It, there's that realisation there of what's just occurred in front of you and yeah. um, what it actually means to uh, to those people. Uh, that was back on the 7th of February, indeed it was. That was over the 1500. I remember that race because he just got out in front and he just wanted to roll. Uh, but he came off speed on Saturday and that was start seven at the track for win three. So, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's got a bit of a future, this horse. Uh, overall, that was only his 23rd start for four wins. 
I'm thinking big sort of um, big ideas later on in the year. The big picture with him, I think, would be uh, he wouldn't be out of place in a Warwick Cup over the 1500, that's for sure. Everyone likes to win their hometown cup, and I'm sure Les Clark are no different there, uh, Tony and uh, Anthony, this morning. Um, that's a great wrap-up of uh, Warwick. Where you head to uh, next? Any non-country tab meetings uh, on the agenda coming up? I haven't got any on the agenda, but um, I, I just... Uh, I doubt you uh, you guys would have spoken about it last week, but uh, Chinchilla staged their first tab meeting last Monday. Uh, I was lucky enough to uh, to go out there and do that. Um, uh, I, I've called three first non-tab meetings uh, in the last 12 months for three of our uh, country clubs in Queensland, and Nango was uh, one of the others, and Gimpy was the others, and uh, the other one, and then Chinchilla last Monday. What a great day we had. Um, the, the results were great. We picked a few winners. The crowd was good. The track played really good. And it was just a great day. Uh, what a magnificent track it is out there at Chinchilla there as well. So, um, you know, I, I, over the years, I, I got to uh, to go along, um, particularly when I was sort of learning, cutting the cutting my teeth there with, uh, with Barry Jones out in those western sort of tracks. They were great days. And that's what you miss, uh, getting out right out there into the bush and, you know, places like Clinton and Torwood and Warrer and, and a few of the others out there we used to go to, and they were just fantastic days. And um, I think that the, the country racing is just in great shape at the moment. And, um, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's well and truly uh, cemented its place right into the future. We've got great numbers, and the local community is really getting behind it and racing Queensland, uh, doing what they're doing with the infrastructure at the moment. It's just it's never been in better shape, in, in my opinion. And, uh, just yeah, yeah, I just relish those days out there in the bush. Um, yeah, they're fantastic. I reckon the uh, that's another one of the the little uh, jewels in the crown of uh, country racing in Queensland for sure is the track there at Chinchilla, and it surprises people when they see some of the the footage on the replays come up on the racing Queensland on the Bit Racing Australia uh, replays there that they'll look at something like a bar called and uh, well documented. Uh, having the artesian wells there to be able to uh, water the grass, you know, to see a grass track like that out in the outback. But a grass track of that sort of standard at Chinchilla as well, and hopefully this is just the first of many uh, tab meetings coming up for that club. Yeah, it'd be great, wouldn't it? Um, it, it it's huge. I, I, I parked the peepers over the other side when I when I got there and um, and put the put them on the barriers, and I thought, geez, they're a long way away over there. It's it's, it's a big track in circumference. Um, I think by the time that they leave the back, it's probably a little bit similar to Warwick, Tony. Mm. Where you've got um, uh, you know two, two parallel straights uh, and two big equal bends, um, and they just they just get onto that turn when they leave the back at probably the 800, and they don't start um, straightening up until the 350. And uh, you know when you've got lovely big bends on on tracks like that, they uh, yeah, horses can make their runs coming down the side with with 600 to go and, and get up near the speed and. Uh, you know, or swoop, get up the fence, or, or, or do whatever. And um, yeah, a, a lot of those tracks are hidden jewels out there. Um, and there's quite a few. If you look at those replays up there in, in far north Queensland as well, I've noticed a lot of those tracks that we don't necessarily see on the tab roster yeah. uh, have similar sort of stats. Yeah, um, yeah a lot of hidden jewels. Innisfail mm. and Bowen are two that very quickly come to mind. And I don't want to you know, be disrespectful of any of the others that I've left out. But yeah, there's there's a handful of them that bob up like that. So I'm not saying that there are other tracks just because they don't have grass, they don't race well, but. It uh, does catch people by surprise sometimes when they uh, they spot something like that. We will catch you again very soon, we hope, on Bushbeat to be able to uh, talk about some of the country racing, but we're certainly going to hear your dulcet tones right through the week. Thank you for joining us this morning. Look forward to it. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for having me.
Anthony Collins joining us there after the meeting at Warwick on the weekend. We move on on Bush Beat this morning and take a look at what happened at Monto on Saturday with the Burn to the Beach series continuing. Over the back they run. They've got 750 metres left to go and our last penny puts them down in bold fashion. Moved away a length and a half. Master Richard is second. Aesthetic third the inside. Home call fourth of four lengths off the pace. Then Modern Family starting to pick up from my certain. An elusive element with all the work to do down the side of the course. 600 metres before them and our last penny out by two but here comes home call he's the first to be stamped urgent around them and modern family chiming in three deep they broke away they're three links in front of master richard then aesthetic well back my certain and elusive element they run towards the point of the corner and modern family on the outside sustaining a big run on the outside he's hit the front but he's gone deep it's modern family just in front of our last penny home call is third back on the inside modern family and our last penny who's getting back up off the canvas our last penny she regained the front home call late but our last penny two strong scores by two our last penny beats home call third home modern family they're followed by my certain dennis robert had been a little while since we had the last leg of the burn it to the beach series in fact back before christmas the last leg was at esk back on the 18th of december we had to wait until the 26th of march for the next leg to come around there at monto and it was the red line brangus burn it to the beach benchmark 55 for Kelly Gates and Bob Murray uh, winning there with our last penny picking up the next leg of it with the dulcet tones there of Darren Walker who's with us on the show this morning. G'day Darren. How are you Tony? How are you Rob? Yeah good morning to you Darren. Uh, uh, fantastic uh, listening to that call on our last penny as you said back up off the canvas. Uh, pretty strong win for this uh, War Stories mare. Yeah it was a very good performance from her actually. Uh, she as you said took out the Brang, uh, the Red Lion Brangus Burnett to the beach. It was the benchmark 55 over the 1,400 metres. And our last penny, she's trained by Bob Murray and she was ridden by Kelly Gates. As you heard by the call there, she was able to lead all of the way to defeat Home Call and Modern Family. They both made sustained runs from well back in the field. They joined her on the uh, at the top of the straight, but it was a good performance from our last penny, who, if anything, was getting away from them on the line. And uh, we'll get Tony's wrap-up of the Bird of the Beach, uh, as he mentioned, with the uh, previous heat being run and more to come with that. But I know the day belonged to Todd Banks with a treble and Dale Groves with a double. But there's one young lady I think the day really belonged to, an apprentice called Shania Willis, uh, who's apprentice to Gordon Hay at uh, Woodford. And she bobbed up in race two. Didn't get the win on the day, but what a what a way, uh, way to start the meeting. Three rides there, and I'm sure it was a... A fantastic memory for Shania Willis uh, in that second race. She went pretty close on the Liam Birchley train, Takaroo. Yeah, you're right there, Rob. She did go very close. Actually, uh, as soon as they straightened home, I actually thought she was going to chime in and win. But, uh, yeah, as you said, race two on the card, it was the patron's maiden, and it was taken out by the Daryl Gardner-trained Balut and ridden by Rebecca Wilson, Balut. He was having his first start for Daryl after coming from New South Wales. And it was a good training effort as he was first up for eight months. Uh, Baluti was able to lead all of the way to defeat Takaroo, who, as you mentioned, was ridden by Shania Willis. And it was a good performance there because they only went down by a length and a half. And breaker, breaker, he was a solid third. But Balut, I think he will certainly be winning again on his good first up performance. And I don't think it'll be too long before Shania is greeting the judge also. 
Yeah, it's good to see these young apprentices uh, coming through. And a great article on the Racing Queensland website for more details. Jordan Gerrans has uh, written an article and uh, particularly talking about how Miles Plum is also uh, giving assistance to her riding career. Of course, she's with Gordon Hay uh, down there at Woodford. And, uh, yeah, lovely story there. Not quite there. And also good to see Melissa Cox back in the saddle. She got third in that race. But then, of course, your meeting revolved around Todd Banks riding the treble. And, and Dale Groves, I mentioned, I think it might have been last week, this trainer's getting a pretty good strike rate, I'm pretty sure, based out of Toowoomba. He got two of those winners for uh, Todd Banks. Yeah, well, the third race on the card it was the... Arnie and Rini ride out Memorial and as you said it was the first leg of a winning treble for Todd aboard Say Goodbye actually the last three winners there were all trained out of Toowoomba so a good performance from those runners but Say Goodbye he drew the inside alley he took full advantage of it uh, leading all of the way to defeat Intimidating who ran on well from back in the field and fudging it likewise who made up a lot of ground in the run to the line but a good solid effort on pace there from Say Goodbye, who now has made it back-to-back wins. Yeah, he won at Inverell at his last run. They're exceedingly good, as um, as we're mentioning. That kicked off the uh, the treble for Todd Banks, and then the combination of Dale Groves, uh, trainer Dale Groves and Todd Banks taking out the last two races on the program. One of them being, or both of them being, memorial races. Yeah, the. Well, race four, it was the Gordon and Evelyn Hutton Memorial. I think you touched on it a couple of times. It's great to have these memorial races. The uh, the Hutton ride out in Russell families, it's a fitting tribute to these families and they've given so much to country racing. But race four, it was taken out by Maha Mustang and he was, as you said, the first leg of the double for Dale Groves and the second le- second leg of the treble for Todd. Uh, it was a good effort by Maha Mustang, who was one of the few winners to come from well back off the pace. He started the $1.80 favourite, the shortest price favourite of the afternoon, and he was able to beat Miss Cruzy, who was brave, and Adam Zappel, who will be winning a maiden shortly as he ran on well after being at clear last early. But Maha Mustang, after looking to be in trouble approaching the corner, he finished strongly to score by a half length on the line. Yeah, these runners for Todd Banks are coming off wins. That one won at St George, two back. And when you look at the uh, Cannon Gordon Russell Memorial, the open handicap over 1,200 metres, the next winner, Massini, uh, won at Miles, two back. And it was only VJ Day, I think, that beat him out at St George. So this horse is in good form with three wins, two seconds, its last five. He surely is in good form. He, uh, The feature was the Cannon Gordon Russell, a time-honoured event over there at Monto. And as you mentioned, it was one in impressive fashion by Mossini. He settled fourth in the early stages behind a very hot pace set by Era Cobra. Mossini was able to round them up at the top of the straight and he went away to win ease down by two and a half lengths on the line from Walshy, who always races well here and he was very game again and my best effort wound up in third. But as you mentioned there before, Mossini, he's building a very good record his last six starts, he has four wins and two seconds. And I know it's still a few months away, but Messini, to me, looks like a real candidate for the upcoming Battle of the Bush series. And in a bit of a precedent there, uh, this race last year was won by Rather Salubrious. And three months later, she was able to go on and take out the Battle of the Bush final at Eagle Farm. That is a nice little stat. I'm sure that uh, connections there of Messini would love that to be able to continue. I'm sure about that. And as I said, he is a legitimate chance on his 
on his win there on Saturday. And as he, as I said, he's building quite an imposing record. Yeah, it gets interesting now as we look at these horses and get closer and closer to that. And then later in the year, the uh, the Stampede and the Country Cups ch- uh, Championships uh, for the country racing. And uh, Darren, again, congratulations on your great calling for your first tab meeting um, down at Thangool. You can you, you just hear the sound of enjoyment coming through your voice with the, the calls coming across. Yeah, no, thanks for that, Rob. Uh, it was a good day. Uh, it all Everything seemed to go off pretty well and... We do have another one coming up on Monday the 6th of June. That's one more TAB meeting. We set down for Thangool, so it's just a couple of months away. And I think you've got a non-TAB meeting coming up. Is it this Saturday, 2nd of April? Yeah, we do. This Saturday the 2nd of April, Thangool's got a meeting and also then Saturday the 30th of April. And as I said, that then leads into the TAB meeting on Monday the 6th. Actually, on that day, there is a Battle of the Bush qualifier. So who knows, with any luck, we might be seeing Massini there. We will uh, check. Hope, sorry, on, Tony. Hopefully, you're good to be back next week for the the next report, Darren. Yep, no problem, Rob. We can do that. We're on a, uh, a similar wavelength here. Exactly what I was about to say. We will <laughs> catch up with you next week with a report on what happens at Thangool on Saturday. Good on you, Darren. Thanks very much, guys. See you next week. Darren Walker there looking back at Monto on the weekend. And the uh, points tally, as uh, you have requested, Mr Luck, the uh, keeper <laughs> of the points, can tell you that in the horse tally, we've had legs so far in the Bird of the Butch series uh, Burn it to the Bush series at Eidsvold, gained to Cumbia, Mount Perry, Eskin. Now, Monto, there's still five legs to go. Wandai on Anzac Day, then into May for Burrendown and Bundaberg, and we wrap it up in June at Gympie and Nanango. And after the uh, opening six legs in the uh, horse's title, Modern Family is leading with 35 points ahead of Kakatia on 22. And our last penny with 20 points, having won there at Monto on Saturday and also won the first leg at Eyeshole back on the 2nd of October. So 20 points puts our last penny into third. Kelly Gates currently leading the jockey's tally on 32 points. Shannon Stefan on 27 and Lily Barr on 18 runs third. And at the moment, Kim Afford's a runaway leader in the uh, the trainer's title, but there's plenty of points on offer over the remaining five legs. Kim sitting on 53 ahead of Bob Murray's 38 and Kristen Roon sitting on 22 uh, so six legs down, we're at the halfway mark, and now I guess you could say it's still pretty open and pretty much anybody's. I'm so glad you keep these points, Tony. With that big gap in between them, I would have lost them all by now. Uh, I've got to give away a little trade secret. Thank you to uh, the crew at Racing Queensland for keeping tally there. They do have a page that has the Queensland Country Race Series where you can access the Burner to the Beach Points Series. And thankfully, yes, there's going to be Battle of the Bush uh, points up there as well because uh, we're going to be following that very closely. And that's only a, a month away now. 7th of May is going to be our first legs coming through at Burrendown, Longreach and Mount Isa before we then head to Quilpie, uh, Jandowie and Mariba on May 14. May 21, it's uh, Emerald and Home Hill. May 28, Cloncurry. Then, then into June, on June 4th, legs at Bowen, Cunnamulla, Gundawindi and Innisfail. As Darren mentioned at their tab meeting at Thangul on the 6th of June, they have a ba- uh, Battle of the Bush uh, qualifier there. The last two legs will be at Gainda and Barcaldon on the 11th of June before we all lead into the final, which is coming up on June 25 at Eagle Farm. But uh, that's the uh, Battle of the Bush. We'll be uh, getting into that in the days ahead. We uh, do have uh, another meeting to check in on, Rob. We're going to come back to the results there very soon, but we want to uh, jump in with our next guest this morning to uh, talk about uh, something that's uh, snuck up on us now that we're into April. Birdsville is upon us and people are going to be saying, you're crazy, Birdsville only raced in September. But no, we didn't race last September. So Birdsville has two bites at the cherry this year in 2022. And with that, 
The Birdsville Race Club has announced a bumper trainer bonus prize pool ahead of the uh, iconic track's return to racing in April. And joining us on Bushbeat to tell us more about this morning is the uh, Birdsville Club Vice President in uh, Gary Brook. Gary, welcome along to Bushbeat. Hang on a moment. Let me push that button there. That sounds better. Gary, welcome along to Bushbeat. G'day, gents. How are you? Yeah, good morning to you, Gary. Big announcement come through with the media release of the Birdsville Races offering the bumper trainer prize pool. Take our listeners through it because this is a unique opportunity with the uh, 21 and 22 Birdsville Cups being run in the same year. Yeah, um, certainly uh, never before have we had two Birdsville Cups in the same year and I, probably we never will again. So, look, we're very excited to announce a, a bonus of $15,000 and this is a trainer bonus, so we're very focused on the trainers here. Um, we feel they're very much the lifeblood along with the owners of racing in, in Outback Queensland. But $15,000 to any trainer that, that can win the, the two Tab Birdsville Cups with the same horse if they can't do it with the same horse, but they have it with different horses, it's a $10,000 bonus. Um, and simply, if, if they have a runner in Birdsville in April and go on to win the September Birdsville Cup, it's a $5,000 bonus. So certainly something in it for everybody, um, plus a number of other bonuses throughout the April Carnival as well. Yeah, when you when you read the media release, Gary, it's like, but wait, there's more with those ads on TV. You see, uh, fifteen thousand dollars, uh, as you mentioned, with the the horse, the same horse winning both races, but you get a chance if you got different horses. So, plenty of incentives there. Can I just ask the question? Um, why wait so long with the announcement with this? Will trainers be in the position to be able to, you know, have horses ready for both cracks at these cups? Oh, uh, look. I guess it's something we had contemplated for for some time, um, but it's just the way things have panned out. With mm -hmm. you, you probably said April might have snuck up on you. It probably snuck up on everyone, really. But uh, look, it was just uh, once the decision was made, um, we we recognised that you know April is is sometimes difficult, particularly in getting horses ready in in country Queensland. They have had rain that's impacted things and so forth, and. We wanted to make sure that if anyone was, you know, tossing up whether or not they'd make the trip, we want to make sure they make it worthwhile. But also to those that have already committed, and a number have, uh, really wanted to, to reward and recognise and give them an opportunity to really cash in for being prepared to make the trip twice each year. So, yeah, look, in an ideal world, it would have been something we'd love to have got off the table earlier, but um, we still think for those that, are, that, are, that have already decided to come, you know, it's a great bonus for them. Um, obviously, the additional fuel rebates we've also announced, you know, that, that really has only come into realisation in the last month or so. So some of those things we've really had to to work through in real time. Um, but we still feel that, that there's certainly an opportunity for people if they're prepared to make the trip to cash in on those bonuses. I think that's a wonderful thing, especially with fuel going up over the $2 a litre mark, uh, especially around the southeast corner. I know it's been like that in some country areas for a little while, but to be able to uh, add a little bit of fuel relief there as well. And a lot of people, while they know where Birdsville... Well, they sort of know where Birdsville is, Gary. Uh, to be able to say, yes, it's outback Queensland and it's the, the most remote track, I don't think they really realise that you're 1,700 kilometres west of Brisbane or something in that sort of region, it's uh, not exactly, you know, just a trip down the road to be able to take a string of horses to Birdsville for the carnival. No, it's not. Um, you know, it, it is uh, an effort to get there. Um, but, I mean, one of the things that, that Birdsville has that really you don't see in many other country meetings is 
not only we have these bonuses, but the prize money is, is really excellent, um, being a, a country tab meeting plus the additional races. You take something like the, the Cups worth 42, but even the feature race on the first day, Lindhurst Stud, you know, 1,200 metre open handicap, that's worth 25 plus a, a free service to, to Rothsay to the winner. Some of the cutest races are up over $35,000 in available prize money. So if you've got the horses and you're prepared to travel, um, there's certainly some, some great opportunities to, to recoup some good prize money. And obviously having Birdsville twice in, in one calendar year could give a real boost to the, the coffers of, of some of the participants throughout the year. Just before we uh, let let you go, uh, how's things shaping up ready for the April meeting? I know that uh, you've had a little bit of time away and a lot of it's all volunteer work at uh, race clubs around the countryside. How are you coping with everything? Yeah, look, it's not without its challenges. Um, you know, opening up a few few doors and seeing two years' worth of dust and so forth has been interesting. <laughs> but, uh, look, there has been a team of people. We've made some good improvements to the facilities on course this year that'll be better for participants. Um, we've had a lot of people just working to make sure the track's in good shape, which doesn't need a lot of maintenance. Um, but, yeah, certainly staffing and volunteers, I think staffing's a challenge for everybody, but that's going to be a challenge for us as well. And, uh, look, I'll put the call out here is if people are interested in coming out and volunteering, we've certainly got some jobs that still need filling, or they can jump on the website and, and find the details there. But, look, it's coming together well. I'm uh, looking forward to nominations closing this Friday, and... For your listeners, the need to be conscious, although the races is, is a couple of weeks away, we do have the early close of nominations. So Friday is, is that, and we'll see where we are with trainers and horses and go forward from there. Looking and forward Gary, to just it. Bef just before you do go, and when you do look at the uh, media release, uh, I like the point that it's the, the bonus is the equivalent of the trainer's winning percentage of 25 non-tab races, but there's also a $2,000 bonus offered to a trainer that trains a double at this April meeting. And, of course, you could get, with the 13 races, you could get six payouts. You can only win it once, of course, but that's a bonus in itself. Plus, if you get the uh, Linters, uh Stud Open Handicap and the Birdsville Cup, another bonus uh, comes in on top. So there's bonuses on bonuses. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, look, we hope it, it really, um, you know, attracts some, some new participants. But as I said at the beginning, we're just really pleased for those that support us year in, year out. Um, this will really give them a, a good boost along, as you said. There's, you know, there's 13 races, so if, if you can bring your horses mm. and win two of them, there's your, your 2,000 bucks. You've got some fuel rebates. You've got good prize money already. And it happens to be those feature races. Not only do you get the additional two, but you also set yourself up for the 15 grand in, in September. Gary, thank you so much for joining us on the show this morning. We've got a dash because we've got some commitments coming up, but wonderful to be able to uh, spread the news about all of that. And as you say, all the details available at the website, birdsvilleracers.com, or there's a good link there through uh, and a nice story up on the Racing Queensland website as well. Thanks for joining us this morning. Great. Thanks, Jen. See you later. Gary Brook, the Vice President at the Birdsville Race Club, with us on Bushbeat. Rob, we've got one more meeting that we need to talk about that happened on the weekend, and that was what uh, happened at Bassett Park at Roma on Saturday for the picnics. On the point of the corner, 350 metres to go. Blackstep, the inside of low level flying, two to Gecko closing, and followed then by Purple Cup. Inside the 200, Gecko moves up quickly on the outside of low level flying. Down the outside, Froze running on. Gecko, low level flying, and 
throws, but throws over the top as Sprinter to the lead and beat Gecko third as Blackstream, followed then by Boomshake the Room, low level flying. The Morgan's Financial Roma Picnics Cup taken out by Froze, which was part of a, uh, a, a big winning day for Olivia Webb. She had five rides on the program, Rob. Two winners, two seconds and a fourth. So prize money checks coming home there. And there's some very prominent owners in that Billy Johnson train runner. Yeah, Nuggy Turnbull and Kobe O'Brien. And I'm pretty sure this is KO Racing, Kobe O'Brien's first horse that he uh, he uh, ran in those colours originally. They're now, and of course, the Dashound colours. Uh, and Froze, I'm pretty sure, was less than 1000 I think it was around $400 or something he paid. And, of course, he was out buying yearlings down there at the Mart sales just recently. So Froze for Billy Johnson, as you said, Olivia Webb getting up over Gecko and Blackstream. And the girls, of course, Olivia Webb and Liv O'Donnell both riding doubles. In fact, it was a race-to-race double froze came off the win of like a special for pat webster in the benchmark 45 for olivia webb uh the pat webster train monashi mountain mare defeating haramain and better be great uh, and of course uh, that was part of her double and Liv O'Donnell had a race to race double in the opening races and it was a Craig Smith double as well cutest money going to as good as ready the better than ready three year old gelding defeating a, a frog in a sock and a run out of red nut and the uh, following race Craig uh, teamed up with Liv O'Donnell with Chester's Angel at Doomsday having its first up run since December defeating Learning Curve and Bartos and uh, as in that Warwick meeting that Anthony reported on one of the male Jockeys kicking home a winner. Shane McGovern, the affable Kiwi, def- uh, won on the carpenter for Terry Hall over American Genius and Brian Ish. This one won at Toowoomba. Two runs back, had its first run on the track. But Tony, the real story also out of Roma, Jeffrey Felix. Major kudos, Jeff. They were looking for a jockey. You answered the call. My understanding is you flew from Townsville down to Brisbane out to Roma. You didn't get a winner. You got a place getter, but you picked up rides in uh, every race. And I reckon every trainer who put you on was much appreciated. Uh, much appreciative of your efforts and that's why Jeff Felix Tony is sitting on the jockeys premiership at the moment in second place behind Rick McMahon with 27 wins Rick on 29 of course in the trainers Toddy Austin with 32 over Billy Johnson with 31 but kudos to Jeff uh, Jeff Felix uh, a great effort to get to Roma and back yeah wonderful effort there to be able to uh to help them out when they were uh, crying out for, for riders to be able to come out and it just shows the commitment and uh, certainly appreciated from some of the uh, the comments I saw on social media. Looking at the uh, the week ahead, another busy week coming up, following on from the TAB meeting today at Mackay, TAB Racing Friday at Rockhampton, Saturday Kilcoy, uh, fingers crossed the, uh, the big wet isn't going to rule them out of racing on Saturday, I know there's been plenty of uh, water across roads and flooding around the Dolby and Jandawi John Darien region. So hopefully Kilcoy's going to be okay for Saturday. You're off to Blackhall for the Baku Amateurs on Saturday. Watsi's off to Nuramar for Cup Day for the Nuramar Picnic Saturday. And as we said, Darren's going to be back with us next week after the Thangul meeting. And there's also meetings on Saturday at Bowen Innisfail and Mount Isa. It's going to be a big bush beat next week and Blackall <laughs> with eight eight races, with three additional races programmed after the Alpha races were cancelled, attempting to get the races in on Sunday, but unfortunately, unfortunately for the area, good rain. But we'll be back with bush beat. Just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au. Any of the great stories coming through, as we heard today, covering all country racing in Queensland. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Thank you for joining us on the bush beat this week. To Rob Luck, as well as... Uh, 
Anthony Collins, Darren Walker and Gary Brook at Birdsville. And we'll have more news coming up for you next week on Bushbeat as we round up all of the country news once again here on Radio Tab. Don't forget, as always, if you missed any of the show, podcast replay available at our Wooshka page. Just search for Radio Tab at Wooshka. You'll find the link there to the Steve Hewlett Morning Show and all of the episodes will be up there. It also comes out uh, with a link on our Facebook uh, friends on their page at On The Bit Racing Australia. And we will catch you back next week on Radio Tab with more country news on Bushbeat.